0: So, join me now for another empowering chat. So, I, I, I've already been having this I- really interesting conversation with my my guest, um, a- and and I, I didn't hit record. So now I hit record, and we're just going to see what comes out of our mouths. But I want everybody to meet Dr. Frida Bernbaum, and Dr. Frida is a psycho
1: psychotherapist, I'm a psycho- but and- basically psycho. Psychoanalytic therapist, whatever that combination is, and and she's written some books. So you'll all that stuff will be
0: in the show notes, and you'll have her website, so you guys can check out um, who and what she does. So we, so I, I so what we're going to eventually talk about is why it's important to do an emotional prenup. But our conversation just before I hit record is about the flux about the changes that are going on and they're happening rapidly. And Dr. Frieda was saying that she feels that there is a that there is a sense of urgency, that everything is changing.
1: So you want to speak a little bit more to that, Dr. That, uh What we're doing, uh, and I know I feel this way, and I'm sure I'm representing a lot of people as you are representing them in the same manner, that what we're doing seems uh, more important than ever. But the changes, the shifts seem more important than ever. Our direction, our progress, and how productive we are seems more important than ever. So that's wonderful. And I'm very blessed. I have uh, Steve Allen as my publicist, who's right on track with me and what we're going to be talking about. He's very supportive of this and has wonderful ideas for a possible show to pitch. So uh, that's where I am right now uh, with him. And because of that, I'm with you because of him and his, his uh, his, uh, you know, uh, media. And, uh, so moving forward with that, um, it seems like in one way it's fun because we can, uh, be more productive. We can make more of a difference and we're not fooling around anymore. Uh, we know what we want to do and we're not waiting. Uh, time is more of the essence. I think after the pandemic, people have changed and they're seeing that, look, nothing is forever. Got to get it in. Yes. Uh, that's a lot of what's going on today. And, uh, and because of that, in one way, it's very good because we're faced to saying time does not stand still. And what are we going to do that makes most advantage? And actually doing it because we procrastinate. We'd like to do it. We want to do it. We're going to do it. We're doing it. And doing it is something that isn't piecemeal. You don't get it right now and say, I want it. But if you keep focusing, it does come. If you keep believing in yourself, then other people say, hey, wait a minute. Maybe that person has an idea. Maybe that's something I believe in. And in my own personal life, I have found even my patients say no a lot to me. I get a lot of that. I'm wrong. (laughs) I mean, everybody, I have three boys. They tell me I'm wrong all the time. And my patients tell me I'm wrong all the time. But you know what happens? If I persevere, what really happens is they end up doing what I'm saying. And they enjoy it. And they end up doing well. So it's about me having the stamina and the confidence to stay with where I am. People do not like change. They no. are intimidated by anything new. Uh, they want the same thing. But, you know, change uh, makes you uh, have more of a purpose for life and really gives you a substance, something to look forward to. So every time you make that move, it gets more and more exciting. Um, and I'm very fortunate, as I said, I have this publicist to work with that is supporting my idea and helping me with my idea for this uh, topic we're going to be speaking about. But with that, as you keep doing that, the only authority really is you. It's like taking the wheel in the car. Uh, my husband took the wheel from my car and says, Oh, you're getting too close and he got us into an accident where well, I would have been fine. So nobody can really steer you. Um, um, only Except yourself. You except yourself. Otherwise, yeah. you end up living by other
0: people's mistakes. That's and funny. other people's standards, which may not be your standards. And you don't grow. You don't grow. No. So that's, that's not a Well, good. and that's the whole purpose of change, right? Yeah. Dr. Frida is for us to grow from the inside out and and learn and um and while we both felt it was important to start this on this t- particular topic because um because time is accelerating in a, a way that is is challenging to grasp because it's moving in a in a uh my senses is it's moving more in a vertical manner as opposed to a linear matter matter so all that we think we say, like I made, I made a lit, I made a five pages of things I got to do right this morning so that I, because I felt like stuff was falling through the cracks. But the, the issue is, is that I can't go, okay, I'm going to do A, B, C. I have to then line up with the vertical aspect of time or what I choose to call energy and allow the fluidity that's happening in my life, change everything that's on this list, these lists, you know, so that and be okay with it as opposed to um in olden days when I, I, I mentioned to Dr. Frieda before we started I'm a recovering control freak. So you know in, in olden days I would have just like listed that I didn't get everything done on my list or or that I would have to delegate it out that I couldn't do it myself. So I just want everybody to to kind of hear that if you're in this state of flux, not necessarily flow where it's easy and gentle, but flux where you're being forced, forced to change, forced to do and be productive like Dr. Frieda is talking about, forced to do things that you never thought you would do in your life. Be as gentle and compassionate with yourself as you can be. My my father is in the process of um he's in the process of dying. His body is starting to fail. His mind is there, his body is failing. And we have both, my father and I found ourselves in situations that we would never have thought about. I mean, we didn't think about it, and here we are in these situations going, Oh my God, what are we gonna do? And that that is that to me is flux. It's being forced on both of us. Because that's how life happens and and how we choose to manage our responses and our expectations even, you know, you can't have an expectation that this is what it's going to look like when it just doesn't. So managing those things uh, in, in a way that's compassionate and healthy for yourself first, always start with yourself first, but then for the individual that you're working with. So- Anyway, that was our. That's kind of our sidebar. We could go on forever
1: with this topic, by the way. And so maybe you'll have, maybe you'll have to come back for that too. It just brings so many memories back about where we were and what we're doing, and just to plunge in. And just for me, I mean, I started in this media, you know, with thirty year olds, and I definitely wasn't thirty year old, thirty years old. But you know what? As you're saying the word "take the plunge," I took the plunge. Because I said, if I didn't do it, where would I be? So it's not about the amount of years you have. It's what you do with the years that makes that difference. So oh, absolutely. You no. Know, so that's, that's what I did. I took the plunge, uh, after so many years of being these kids that, that interview me. And I said, Oh my God, how young is, is that person? Okay. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it and I have more to offer, uh, because of it. So I. Yes. So my dear, go ahead. Let's, let's go. Let's the. Okay. So we, you
0: have this um, concept of an emotional prenup and, and let me tell you, Dr. Preeta. So my son just got married and he's, so I have a daughter-in-law and she's fabulous. And she was, is my assistant has been for a few years. And so I, so it's like, I, we know each other intimately and we love each other. As a mother-daughter and as friends, and and so when um, your publicist sent this to us, she always looks at everything first, so I don't have I'm not overwhelmed with inundated with stuff. And she said, "What do you think?" And I, I read through it and I thought, "Well," and I and I tossed it back to her. I said, "Well, is this something you wish you had done before you guys got married?" And she's like, "Yeah, it makes a lot of sense." So let's talk about. Pre- What is an emotional prenup and how do we create it? And then I was also reading through that you can create an emotional prenup, prenup, even if you're 10 years, 15 years into your marriage at any
1: time. Absolutely. So, you know, what it is, and and I always wondered about that, how cross is it? You're getting married, you're in love, and you're worried about what happens if you're not married and how much money you're going to make but who gets what. I said, if you're already setting it up for failure, uh, you know, unless you're 20 years old and you're marrying a 16 year old guy, then I can understand <laughs> what, what your intentions are. Oh, all right. That makes sense. But hopefully most of us, we really want to stay in this marriage. So what what happens? Well, what happens is the unexpected. Yes, we can price right. for how many kids we want, where we want to live, uh, our careers and uh, what we like to do, our hobbies, fun. What about what really does happen, uh, that we're clueless about, uh, what to expect? Uh, do you believe, do you believe in having, uh, monogamy in your relationship? Guess what? Some people, you may be surprised what their, what their orientation is. Uh, have they been married? Some people don't tell the truth. Uh, maybe it was an annulment. What? I have a question about, because you caught me right off the bat
0: with monogamy, because of course, oh, I saw that look on your face. Yeah, my 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 husband was not monogamous, okay? I assumed we're married and you would be. So, is it, it being, if you both, okay, what do I want to say? I want to ask you. Any way you want to say it. If I, if I, be- if one par- person in the marriage believes in being monogamous, this is stuff we didn't talk about. We got married in our twenties. We didn't talk about it. I just assumed I'm married. That means we're married. That means yes. you are together and you're not out I'm around. Oh boy, was he? And I didn't even comprehend it until after the marriage, during divorce, when, when I was, uh detaching myself energetically from him and then I could see clearly how many affairs. So is that is that somebody's having affairs and cheating is I mean, is there a nicer word for that? Like non-monogamy? I'm like, I'm not
1: monogamy. Infidelity. I mean you were talking about okay. infidelity, yeah. Yeah, that's there you go. And that's a deal breaker most of the time, uh, because people do expect to have a monogamy, but you'd be surprised some people would say Hey, wait a minute, I can't see myself with this one person the rest of my life. Are you kidding me? And then the other person saying, what? So, you know, you assume, you you assume a lot of things uh that you're going to have a partner who's going to represent all the things you didn't have before. Who's going to understand all the things your parents didn't understand and will take over and finally you'll be saying, no way. What's going to really happen is, that person's going to feel overwhelmed and is going to be on the attack. So, you know, when we're talking about conflict I and mean arguments, it could get really ugly. It could get really heated. So, first of all, of course, the most important thing is to be emotionally healthy first before you meet someone. So you don't need somebody, duh, right? Who's great. Right, but how many people important. are emotionally healthy, but at any healthy. point, <laughs> so, so let's stay single. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So it's it, it's staying single is sometimes I hate to say this similar to being married because 50% of the couples who are married get divorced. So there you go. Half of the popul half of the uh, people in our country are divorced that have been married. Uh, we have to reassess uh, what that is all about and why uh, marriage. Has to be redefined. What does marriage mean? Well, when we take our vows and it says happily ever after or till death, till death, do us part, I think is what they do say. But what happens in between? They don't just say anything. Right. Exactly. What, what happens till death? Does that mean if you're married, you're happy? No way. You know, it doesn't mean (laughs) no. It used to be marriage was a disease. It was something that, uh, Nobody should know about, I mean, a divorce was a disease. Now, when marriage is a disease, (laughs) it's a Freudian slip. But, you know, the truth is uh, sometimes divorce is good because people are in a lot of pain. It's a stigma. They don't want to be alone. You know, I had one patient say to me, I can't, and I was actually supporting and encouraging her to get a divorce. I can't get a divorce. What about all the furniture? This is what she said, what am I going to do with all my stuff? I said, are you kidding me? This stuff is more important than your sense of well-being and and, and, yeah. and being able to. And her husband came in after that. And he says to me, if I only knew about you before, maybe we'd still be married. So it just goes around in a circle of having a support system. Having the right kind of friends are important, too. If you have friends that are divorced or single, they're going to want you to join their party.
0: Oh, God, yes. I met a few of those when I was going through divorce. And 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 it also helped me uh, to see the kind of person I did not want to become. Because there was lots of women that were embittered after 18 years later. You know, they're still embittered about their ex. And I was like, I really, really have got to do a lot of inner work because I don't want to be, I want to have a happy you know, second half of my life, of not, not being embittered. It, it took, it's taken me a while, but.
1: You know, you can't uh, take responsibility for somebody else. You really can't uh, question what happens uh, when you are really on track. So as I said before, it takes somebody emotionally stable to find the right kind of person, because then it's easy. They either fit into who you are or they don't. But once you try to fit into somebody else's pattern, you're in trouble because we're talking about narcissists and jealousy and power, uh, and control and, uh, you know, gaslighting and light and lying and all that stuff. Um, uh, because if you're not sure of yourself, you second guess yourself and say, Oh, maybe that person's right. What? Well, let me fix it. And the minute they see you're vulnerable, are you? Yep. Self- You know, as you know, it's going to get worse. So have to understand that your values need to be grounded. If that person says to you, you know what? I'd like to hang out with my single friends when I'm married. Is that okay with you? No. If it's not okay, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to lose that person because you feel, let me give him or her whatever they want, and then they'll appreciate me. No, they'll take advantage of you. It's interesting and it's important to know that the nicer you are to a person doesn't mean it's going to be reciprocated. They're right. going to say, okay, you want me to kick you around a little bit? All right, I'll kick you around a little bit. And yeah. you really can't be that um, ha- that person who's so accommodating to somebody who's really not good for you. So right, a lot of uh, questions that you need to ask before the the marriage to set things at the appropriate uh place. Money is a huge factor. How are you gonna spend money? That's the number one that's mo- most reasons why people get a divorce. But yeah. It, most- because uh, so
0: <coughs> excuse me, because one person isn't understanding you assume, right? Okay, so it emo- emotional and people get a uh, divorce because they're not communicating from the same emotional level. I think that was my ex-husband and I. So it's it, so, of course, your spending habits are going to be different. Everybody's raised differently. And I actually have a couple that I've been doing a marriage counseling with on and off, and they have different ideas of how you save and spend money. You know, and and one is so frugal that there's no there's no uh, gimme room, you know, and the other one isn't that frugal. She's not she's not an overspender by any means, but he comparing it to his standard thinks she is. And that's been um, a huge factor in in their um, arguments and fights. You know, it's how she spends money. and, And of course, he thinks it's his money. Right. Yeah. He's the one that's the primary worker. So he thinks it's his money instead of our money. So when you're setting up an emotional prenup, you you do you encourage everybody to
1: talk about these? You have to. These are things that are so huge and so underrated when you're dating and in series. People are afraid to talk about it. Uh they don't want to offend how much money does your partner have? Are they telling the truth? They're afraid to say, how much do you have in the bank? How much? What is your income? You can't do that. You can't find out the, the important stuff. You, you can't find out what's going to make this marriage work. You're supposed to be unconditional. You're supposed to love that person. That romantic stage is going to be there forever. But wait. Wait till you need some money. for some, And your partner says, what are you spending that money? That's not important, but it's important to you. So we have to address how much is going to be joint account, how much separate account. And this way you don't have to bicker over anything because it's already a given. You take a chunk of money every few months you put into separate accounts or however you want to deal with it. So most important thing is do not be afraid that you're going to lose that person. Because otherwise, you're going to lose that person eventually. And then you'll have invested so much of your time and sometimes with children and sometimes with supporting the other person uh, through their education, whatever that is. So now is the time not to be pained because, you know, living in a bad marriage can be extremely damaging even after it's over. And you have so many questions uh, to ask yourself. Why didn't I look and see? Who this person was why was yes. this charming in the beginning or oh, she so wonderful to me in the beginning look at the temper this person has what's wrong with asking if you have a temper what's wrong with asking are you someone who is sexually uh invested in being uh you know involved uh in a relationship or are you somebody who is uh bisexual are you somebody was gay. I found these things out that people have hidden secrets. What are your secrets? There's so many secrets out there that people are not discussing. What's wrong with saying, what are your secrets? You may find things out that you would never have found out just by asking that simple question. We need to be able. Yeah. So building an emotional
0: prenup, there has to be an understanding that both parties are going to be as honest as they can be, as truthful as they can be. Well,
1: on our show, hopefully if we have one. Uh, we're going to have a lie detector test with these people. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah. If you're not sure yourself. Don't go on. But yes, so we're going to have that to make sure. And if we're suspicious, uh, we're going to have an investigator to see to make sure. So hopefully we're going to save a lot of divorces, uh, from occurring. That's our agenda. We're Okay, so then let's talk about this then
0: when the, for people like me that I didn't have an emotional prenup and we want to reset, both realize we're, we're not happy and we want to reset by discussing these issues. Yes. Um, is it important to have a mediator there? Someone that's going to say, wait a minute, you're not being honest. I can tell you're not being honest. Uh we are talking
1: about trust mm-hmm. and a connection now if the two of you could sit down on the couch one evening when you're both fed and relaxed and talk about these things um there's nothing wrong with putting it down in writing. there's nothing wrong with signing it because the reality is when you meet somebody, the original contract is really binding emotionally uh once that's broken, you may not even realize why you're antsy or uncomfortable, but something's wrong because the real reason why you met that person and married that person is gone. So really the yeah. marriage is off and the marriage is gone psychologically if it's not physically gone. So yeah. you have to reassess and look at that contract every so often and say, Hey, what's bothered me? Let me see. Let me look down that list. Oh, wait a minute. And then you walk, you walk through that with that person. Now if that person who has broken the contract is willing to establish a new set of rules. Okay, if not, you may need a mediator because you see that this is what you need. Now, on a personal level, I'd said to my husband, you have to be there for my parents or I can't marry you. It was important to me. Now, if he weren't there for my parents, I may have been unhappy, but... Because I said that in the beginning, it reminded me, wait a minute, this is really what I want and I'm not going to stay in a situation that's not going to be good for you. Now, I really feel uh, what we need to do uh, is have this, you know, ideally have this kind of prenup while you're getting married. You know, will you take this woman and then whatever? And will you do it, sacrifice your life and illness and then health and all that stuff? Yes. But emotional, what about my emotional needs? I'm not going to be ill. <laughs> you don't have to take care of me physically. But what about taking care of me emotionally? Um, this is, these are some of the things. And then they go through that stuff. So that's binding in this marriage, it's just like you get a marriage license, a marriage certificate this is part of what it is um nothing should be really a given even Orthodox marriages you know people think oh I'm safe uh-ah not true you're not safe things yeah. happen in the in uh,
0: relationships right and people people change and grow and sometimes they they change because of a life circumstance that comes in like like a, say a couple that um, loses a child and you hear often that the, the, the couple can't stay together after that kind of a loss, you know, it's not to anticipate that, but there, there's life experiences that happen that we, we don't know are going to come at us and how are we going to navigate that? And instead, uh, you know, so in a, an emotional prenup, Dr. Frida, do you, can you put can do you say if there's a there's a some sort of horrible tragedy i am going to choose to work
1: through it how about you yes can can i count on you uh what is your uh what is your criteria for a good relationship is it seeing your in-laws how many times um is it uh traveling uh do you want to well, how do you want to use the money as far as donating money, entertainment? What, where are we going? What will our lifestyles be like? There's nothing wrong with saying this is to, this statement is to show that our lifestyle will fit under and then whatever it is custom made, whatever your priorities are. And then mm-hmm. that person, before this happens, you need to be able to address those things. So when you do get married, you're ready on the same page. And that's going to prevent the prenup for divorce. That's going to prevent uh, a lot of issues that have been hidden and uh, come up late, late, later. It's not going yeah. to be fun stuff, but it's going to be really to protect you uh, in many ways. When we're talking about fun, that could be part of it too. Do you want to make parties in your own deal? Want to have people? Some people love it. Some people are you know intimidated or isolated from this stuff. Uh so anything that really uh resonates to you. People when uh their life a certain way, they envision, right. you know, happily after after with a gold slipper and if it fits, if it doesn't fit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You have to turn it
0: around and look at yeah. My current husband and I, one of the things when we were just looking at houses, we had been just snooping and looking and and without realizing it, we had recognized we wanted this kind of kitchen counters and cabinets. And But when we mo- when we bought our house, when we were looking at the house we're in um, and we hadn't talked about this, there are were it's a two story house. There are no bedrooms. On the bottom floor, and we both looked at each other and went, "That's good because our parents can't come and live with us, ah, because they'd have to get both of us." Said it about the same time, and we went. And my parents and his, his mother, his father. You know, everybody as they age, they they can't get up and downstairs. So we were. You can say it, but go ahead. We were off. We were off the can we come and live with you thing.
1: Thank God. You and in sync with that. So Mm -hmm. with me, it was important that my parents came. So I found one of these Stairmaster things that I don't know, that you can sit on and take your parents off. So that's true. But what's more important wasn't whether they live with you or not. That Both of you agreed and supported each other. So there's similarities there behind the decision of what you want your life to be, because you're right. Little things are going to come up, but it's all going to add up into the same pattern of how do you envision your lifestyle? Do you want to be a couple that uh, is involved with a family? Do you want to be a couple that travels? Uh, would you rather be socializing with same age people? Those are the things that keep you together. And then in between, the little stuff happens. But it doesn't matter because it goes back to that same place the same orientation of a certain comfort level. Some people need to socialize to be more comfortable. Some people like to be uh, in their little room and watch Netflix in the evening, which is fun, by the way, too, as a couple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. well, for
0: my first marriage, none of these things were discussed. Like, do you like to travel? And I, I love to travel. My parents raised us traveling, you know, for vac- family vacations, which was really fun. Um, but my my ex-husband, he didn't want to travel. He wanted to go back east to see his family. So every time we had a vacation, it was going to see his family. I didn't always want to go see his family. You know, there's other things in the world besides going to one one or two places constantly. That's so awesome. that's horrible. Yeah, it was, it was. But um I did it because it's his family, you know, and we saw my family, my family lived near us. So we saw my family often. So it was like, I'll give you that. I'll go back with you and we'll, you know, we'll take our son and blah, blah. But it wasn't talked about. We didn't talk about that stuff before. You know, was I okay with him going back to hang out with his family by himself? We didn't talk about that stuff.
1: And, you know, it makes the quality of life. Yeah. sit and you wait and you say, okay, I did this for this person and therefore now I can live my life. No, that person has certain expectations and they keep doing it over and over and you keep waiting over and over. And after a while, it becomes more difficult because they don't know what you're talking about. They say, what do you, what do you mean? What am I doing wrong? So you have to really be able to reassess how you want your life to be because it, you know, no matter what stage you are, in intimacy and in a relationship, it shifts a lot, as you said. Changes happen, and when those changes happen, then you miss the bar at a certain time in your life that you're not going to get in again because, as we saying, you're in a different place. And you have different needs, so those needs would never live, and that's a life never lived, and that's something that you have to really be very strong about. Because sometimes you say, oh, Okay go ahead. It's more important to you than me. All right. But after a while, there's no you. Uh, That's that happened to me in my first marriage. There's no sense of who you are anymore.
0: No, I, I hadn't even self, self, uh, actually actualized Actualized. or, uh, or identified myself because I was so young. I was in my early twenties when I got married. So it was, so and I had made the assumption that we would grow together and we would find common interests. Well, I love going to look at art. He doesn't understand it. You know, he'd rather be playing tennis. Well, I learned how to play tennis, you know, but did he go look at art? Mm. So, so the second uh, time, the second marriage is healthier because we talked about those things, you know, and we both love to travel and we both love, art and history and but 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 what we didn't talk about was like it sounds like you did dr frida with your husband is uh we talked about end of life for ourselves but not for our parents and so i'm running into this these resistant walls because my current spouse is a widower and so he's been there done that pretty intensely and so now I'm I'm having to navigate areas I've never been in, you know, with my elderly dad. And I finally had to, you know, have a sit down with my spouse and say, look, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I need your help. I need your help. And I realize it's painful for you, yeah. but you've got to come help me. Well, and so, boy, he, the next day or a couple of days later, he came and he helped build a walker and he helped build a commode and he helped do all these things that I I didn't even know we needed, you know, and he just brought them and that needed So I,
1: that, yeah, that you knew that that person could do that for you where the other person couldn't. So you knew to go to him and you knew to ask yeah. questions. So right yeah. away, that's extremely important what you're saying. We you need to pick somebody that we can, can feel safe and comfortable with, that they can go ahead and make those differences for us as well.
0: So it also sounds, Dr. Frida, it sounds like a, an emotional prenup is really kind of setting strong boundaries. I, I will do this with you. I won't do that with you. I agree with you on this. I don't agree with you on that. And so then all the boundaries are kind of in place, which is something I never... I never knew how to do until my late fifties. Here's, here's boundaries.
1: Okay. Well, I don't know. What does that mean? Very young for your age, by the way, but oh, I, uh, too. but I just want to say that, uh, it's true. And when you uh, have somebody who says, I want to take a vacation without you, you go, you're horrified. What? It's like they're having an affair. You know, how can they have fun without you? When we talk about boundaries, what does that mean? Some people think, think space is a good thing from each other because then you come back and you miss each other. And that's not the case. So when you're setting it up, what really is going to make the difference to you will be shocking that other person that you don't think about. And it's not that you don't care about each other. It's the certain expectations that we set up that make us comfortable over the other person. So It's really interesting. Yeah. And, and, and we, our
0: expectations, well, okay. I find this, that a a lot of women, and maybe I'm just overgeneralizing, but we tend to expect that the spouse will kind of read our minds. will understand why we need to do this as we're bouncing a baby on one arm and trying to make dinner and why we need them to do something to help. But the, the, the men don't necessarily know. They don't, they don't know what we're expecting, so so it has to be spoken it, in ways that they that men can hear and in ways that women can hear.
1: Well, you know, it's a it's a good time as well in relationships because things are shifting. Men have become more nurturing. Women have become more oriented, career oriented. We hear mm-hmm. of a natural balance because we all have that inside us, and men love it. Women are becoming more responsible uh, with taking care of the bookkeeping in the home. And women love it that, uh, men are taking care of the babies. But you're absolutely right. You can't assume that somebody's going to go ahead and read our minds. And then we blame them and they have no, they're clueless. Uh, because if you're juggling, it's maybe because you want to juggle. <laughs> they think right. Well, we do. So yeah. And that creates a lot of issues uh, for women, especially, uh, that because women often today, at the career and the family. And the man comes home and he's unwinding. He's ready to relax. Read the newspaper. Today we don't do that. So look at the cell phone and look at Google, whatever. And she's cooking away and the kids are screaming, you know, and he's not participating. So the woman has two careers, her home, her home, the necessities and at work. And the man feels this is the way it should be. Well, things have changed now. And so, Women do like to partake in feminine womanly things, cooking. They like that. That's part of it. But men should also enjoy being part of that experience because it's a fun experience. It really is. You know, they miss out. They look back and say, ah, I wish I could have seen my children grow up. Today, more than ever, though, men uh, are not missing out on the development of their kids. And they're really having a wonderful time, uh, where men used to not do that and they really did miss out. Yeah. Yeah. Changing of what the expectations are, because as we're moving on, uh, with the way uh, we view ourselves, it used to be just the feminine and the masculine. Now we're finding out it's in between to have both inside you is even more natural to be able to use both parts of yourself. Where with my mother, it was, oh, I could have been a good, good businesswoman, period. Duh. Well, why weren't you? Oh, in my time, we don't do things like that. It was a different, uh, <laughs> different time frame. <laughs> it always bothered me because my father would come home and she would like be a servant. And I knew she was a strong woman. And that bothered me that she became a different person around my father, very subservient. I don't think she was happy. I don't think she wanted a life like that. She thought she had no choice. So at that time, divorce was no choice. Right. Right? Today, it's So being stuck with something that you had no choice, she was not happy. And uh, having to leave a marriage that's also uh, very uh, damaging and painful. Both one extreme and the other is where we have gone. now we're trying to make it, put it in the middle, which is marriage is good for you. Companionship is very healthy to have somebody at the end of the day to unwind with. The romantic stage is wonderful. All that stuff. All right. Now let's see how do we keep it? How do we keep it? Because that's the best place to be in. To be, right. not everyone's going to agree. But I think in life, to be able to experience everything is an important part. And how to stay in that best place scenario to be able yes. to compromise, listen to each other, forget about your ego—that who's not who's right or wrong, what has the best effect. You're with a couple; it's not about narcissistic you anymore. It's not about I, 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 I want this, and so what about this, and you didn't do this. So we marry somebody, and we want them to either be our plumber and our business. Yes. <laughs> what else is there whatever we need we want that person snap snap out of it go get him just fix it for me i need something you do it i'll be happy you take care of the garbage after a while the person says what's in it for me i'm just yeah. getting garbage i want something too and that's yeah. what the this connects because the other person's expecting to continue to do that so it's, yeah. uh, it's an interesting um, kind um, of relationship, relationship marriage
0: if well and it definitely it's important to like you're talking about with this emotional prenup idea um, It it's also important to reassess check in later in, after you've been together for a while and see if you know I've changed this I don't really need that anymore I've grown here I need more of this and you re- you know, like re-up your prenup, I guess. Very oh, dull. Hey, Hey, you can cool. take it. I'll Leave give it to you. The prenup. Thank you. Okay. Yes. to percent Frida, you have a website people can go to, DrFrida.com.
1: Is that right? Okay. C-T-O-R-F-R-I-E-D-A.com. Um, okay. So is there one last
0: thing, one last piece of, Advice you would like to drop in before we close. The
1: best thing you can do uh, for anyone you're with is to be happy. Because then that person connects to you on the same level. If you become a victim, that person feels overwhelmed. And the relationship is really one where it's negative. You bring back uh, fun. You have your own life. Don't be over-dependent. When a couple is too intertwined, it's not good. It's good to have your own space, have your own interests. And then what happens when you do get together, you have a connection of bringing each other individually together rather than becoming one because that becomes very boring. And you Yes,
0: have to- I agree. Yeah, it's two, two lives walking the same path in the same direction. That's really what a, a healthy, to marriage. me, a healthy marriage is. It's not, not about you becoming one. And so that somebody, because people always get lost. You get, become invisible when you become one sad. in that kind of a thing. Yeah, it's, um, no, it's very sad, very boring. We don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to be no, bored. we don't want to be bored. No, no, we we just for that. living and joy and fun. Yeah. Dr. Frida, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been really, really wonderful. And um, if you missed anything, if you were taking notes like I was, um, a lot of the notes will be in the show notes and or you can re-listen. So until next time, I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susan That's it for today. See you next time.